If you're running or looking to implement a group interview process into your recruiting model, today I'm gonna to tell you the four most common mistakes that I see in group interviews. Let's go. Hey guys, it's Ryan Holman, founder of Sales Recruiting University, back with another weekly video. Again, my company, SRU, today, we're a 42-person company. We recruit well over a 1,000 commission-based sales reps every single month and growing and help companies with things like onboarding, training, management, culture, retention, compensation, and so much more. And in these weekly videos, we bring you unique value that's coming up for our clients. So if you don't understand our recruiting model yet, our model consists of advertisements, a screening and scheduling process, pushing all the best candidates into group interviews. Our clients go through an eight-step group interview presentation that we've built out and trained them on. And then they funnel candidates that are highly interested in the opportunity right after the group interview into one-on-one -on -one interviews, and then they close them up from there. And within our service, we get to review lots of group interview presentations. And again, there's four common things that we see that hurt the conversion ratios for clients in their group interview process. And that's what we wanna do within the sales recruiting process, right? We want to get sales candidates into our system and we want to persuade them into our opportunity. Now, our clients typically have all commission or at a minimum, primarily commission-based opportunities. And so our model is based on pushing volume through the system and persuading people to start. And part of that obviously is a group interview process. So the first thing that we see as a common mistake is just actually being bought into what you're pitching. Now, let's say that you're in a group interview and you have 10, 20, 30 candidates in that presentation and your vibes in the group interview process are, kind of weak. You're not really bought into what you're saying. You're not convicted in what you're pitching. And therefore, just like in a sales process, the people that are hearing what you're saying are not getting excited about it. Let's compare it to a sales process. Let's say that you have sales rep A and sales rep B. And sales rep A gets the same 10 leads as sales rep B does. And sales rep A goes into all 10 of those pitches, those presentations, whatever you want to call it on the phone, face-to-face, -face, whatever. And they are highly bought in and convicted about what they're selling. They're excited. And because of their excitement and belief in the product or service, service, they're naturally persuading more people to buy or invest in the product or service. But let's compare it to sales rep B. Sales rep B goes to the same 10 leads and they're like, yeah, I think it's pretty good. It may work for you or whatever it is. And they're just not really bought in. Who do you think is naturally going to do better in the process? Sales rep A is obviously going to be better because they're freaking excited and you know bought into what they're pitching. Just like if I was selling you our recruiting services or coaching programs and I'm like, yeah, I think it's going to do okay. Um, I, I think it'll work for you or right. You're not going to be really excited. But if I'm like, heck yes, we can help you in the next 90 days, you're going to retain at least five to 10 commission-based sales reps. And at the same time, we're going to help you with your onboarding training management system, your culture, your compensation, all of that stuff. So when you're actually recruiting people, you're retaining more of them. And that's just going to improve over time. Obviously there's a difference in that. And so the general point is, is you've got to be excited about what you're pitching. Now, your commission-based sales opportunity, you may not be confident in that because you think compared to the rest of the marketplace, it's just not that sexy of an opportunity. And if that's you and that's negatively impacting how bought in you are when you're in your recruiting process, then you just got to trick your mind and get excited about it and understand that your excitement, your persuasion, your belief, you being bought into what you're pitching is a part of the recruiting process in persuading people into it. And so again, the first common thing that we see is people not being freaking bought into what they're pitching. You need to be bought in. That belief system is going to transfer to the candidates and they're going to be at a point where they're like, man, this person loves what they do. And because they're so bought into what they're pitching, I'm getting more bought into it as well. 
The second most common thing that we see that negatively impacts the recruiting process for our clients is the lack in transparency. Now, just to be clear, we help commission-based sales opportunities. A lot of those, if you compare it to like the rest of the marketplace and what exists for candidates out there, you know, they are kind of deemed maybe not as sexy as other opportunities, right? We have a lot of all commission opportunities where reps are self-generating, setting and closing their own leads. Some opportunities, reps can't make money for 30 to 60, 90 days. And because of the nature of the opportunity, you got to be bought in kind of like the first thing that I went over. But one of the important aspects when you're persuading people into an opportunity and especially into an all commission or primarily commission-based opportunity is transparency. The majority of salespeople coming through your pipeline, if they have any type of experience, most of them have been manipulated. They've been lied to. Then they went through the onboarding process to realize everything that they were pitched in the recruiting process was just inflated or things were left out, things were vague, and they didn't get to learn that until post the onboarding process. And so what you want to do is you want to understand that that's a reality in the majority of companies recruiting processes, especially commission-based sales models, where they're kind of leaving stuff out. They're not detailed. They're leaving stuff for onboarding. And they're just trying to pump as many people through the recruiting process and then kind of like, you know, bait and switch them into onboarding. And hopefully they make it right. You do not want to do that. You want to be transparent because the majority of candidates have been lied to. And because a lot of people are actually not stupid, they can see through the crap. And so you want to be honest and transparent around maybe the unsexy parts of your opportunity so that when you explain that candidates naturally go, Hey, I get that this part isn't that sexy about the opportunity, but at least this person that is pitching me in this group interview process. And this also applies to phone interviews or final interviews. At least they're being transparent because of the transparency. I'm more trusting to what they're saying and potentially moving forward with them in the hiring process. And so my point is, is you want to bring clarity about your opportunity, the unsexy things about your opportunity in the recruiting process, specifically in this situation, the group interview, so that the end result is them saying, Hey, this person's unique. And because they're unique and honest, I want to take next steps into a one-on-one. The third most common mistake that we see in the group interview process is actually providing context and education leading up to the unique value points in your recruiting presentation. And what I mean by that in the recruiting process, ideally what you're doing, especially when you're pumping volume through the system and you're looking to actually persuade people, right? Which is very common in commission-based sales opportunities. In that recruiting process, you want to help the candidate understand what's actually unique about you, unique about your culture, unique about your industry from a sales career perspective, your story, your plans for growth in the future, the uniqueness of your compensation model, the advancement opportunities that exist within your sales department. In the recruiting process, you're helping the candidate get clarity around all those things. And a lot of the times what we see when clients are trying to help candidates understand what's unique about them, they just clearly communicate that, but don't provide the context and education leading up to it so that it actually makes sense for the candidates. And I'll give you an example here in a second. But my point is, is people coming into your group interview process, they don't understand all the context about your opportunity that you do. And therefore, when you just write to the point directly communicate what those things are, they may not get it. To give you an example, the sales opportunity at Sales Recruiting University, it's really unique. One of the things that's unique about it is that we have no competition. So when a prospect like potentially you is in the marketplace looking for a solution like what we have, they soon realize that we're really the only game in town. And therefore, from a sales career perspective, that's really cool because you don't deal with competition in the sales process. Like in our group interview, if I just communicated that, hey, one of the things that's really unique about the SRU sales opportunities that we have no competition. And then I move forward with the group interview process that might make sense to some of the candidates in the group interview, but I'm probably going to miss kind of hitting the point with several other people in the process. And we don't want that. We want the candidates to go, I get what's unique about this opportunity. And I understand why that uniqueness is important. And therefore I'm more excited about taking
taking next steps into a one-on-one -on -one interview. What that actually should look like is there should be an explanation of why it's important or a story behind it so that when you get to the unique value points of your opportunity, in that example, no competition, they go, I get it, it makes sense, and that's freaking awesome. So what it would look like is it would be explaining this in our opportunity and saying something like, hey, you know, just as a side note, one of the things that I love about our closer opportunity at SRU is we really don't have any competition in the marketplace. And to provide more context around that, you know, when I uh, started in sales, I was 21 and my first commission-based sales job was, you know, for a couple of years. And then I got recruited into mortgage. Mortgage was actually my first six-figure sales job where I made 10 to $20,000 per month. And that was an amazing experience. That's when I realized I can make six figures and more. But one of the things that I absolutely hated or disliked about that opportunity was that every refinance that I sold over the phone, I was dealing with five to 10 other mortgage lenders. And therefore the competition aspect of the sales process made it difficult sometimes to move clients forward. And as I transitioned into entrepreneurship, what I was looking for is I was looking for something unique in the marketplace, an opportunity that was not being fulfilled, a problem that was not being solved. And over time, I came across this unique kind of niche, high volume sales recruiting idea around companies that are hiring commission-based salespeople consistently. And as I came into that opportunity, I realized that there was no other service like we were trying to create. And I soon realized that in the sales process, when we had people on the phone, we were the only game in town. And therefore the sales job and closing and getting income coming in was much simpler than it was in mortgage because we were the only solution and companies were dying for the solution that had never been existing before. And so one of the things I love about the no competition aspect of our sales job is we have this niche. We own it. It's a huge problem. It's a national problem outside of the US as well. But when people are looking for the service, we're the only game in town. So when you get somebody on the phone, 90 plus percent of the time, they're freaking loving what we do. They're very excited about what we do. And it's either we close them or not. They have the money or not. And that aspect of the sales job, the no competition is just something that's really freaking awesome here, right? If I didn't have that context leading up to it and all I just communicated was that there is no competition, maybe they wouldn't really get it and you know get to the point where they're like, hey, I wanna move forward. And the fourth most common mistake that we see in the group interview process may not be very relevant to you unless you are getting taught a process or unless you're an SRU client. But the fourth one that we see that's very common is just not following the systematic approach to the group interview. Now, our eight-step process is not the only way to do a group interview. It's been something I've been working on for almost a decade. But the point is, is when we have clients coming into our onboarding process as new clients and they think they're special or they think because they're good salespeople that they don't need to follow our process, what we soon realize is that their conversion rates in the group interview are not as good as clients that follow the process. It's just like if you hired a sales rep and you had sales rep A and sales rep B and you provided a script to both of them and sales rep A had humility and they followed that process because they know you had uh, proven it out over several years and sales rep B didn't, well, sales rep A is probably going to do better in learning the sales job versus sales rep B who's not humble enough to follow the process. So the general point is, is you want to follow a process that works. If you're being taught something by somebody that's proven out something, then just follow that. If you're our client, obviously follow that process. But again, that's another common thing that we see. So hopefully you found value in this today. Those are the four most common things that we see as mistakes in the group interview. Go ahead and like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. And we'll look forward to releasing the next video. Thank you.